absolutely amazing and stunning to see what I've been thinking about on paper and in policy to actually see it come to life. That's Representative Jeffrey Roy of Franklin looking out from the top deck of a boat circling the massive construction site of the nation's first commercial-scale offshore wind farm. The wind farm is called Vineyard Wind One, and one of the project's developers, Avant Grid, recently took a boatload of lawmakers, environmental advocates, union leaders, and press people, including me, Bruce Mole of Commonwealth, out to see it about 15 miles south of Martha's Vineyard. I'll try to help you get a sense of what we saw on this special nautical episode of the podcast. We left Hyannis at about 8.30 a.m. The boat motored around Martha's Vineyard and then headed south to the wind farm area. We arrived around 11.30. Vineyard Wind 1 is starting to take shape, even though a lot of the work so far has taken place underwater. There's a big three-story building elevated high above the ocean that looks a lot like an oil rig. That's where all the electricity from the wind farm will be collected, tweaked, and then funneled into a transmission line that's already been laid between the wind farm and Covell's Beach in Barnstable, some 25 to 30 miles away. A large ship is hovering near the electric substation. There's little apparent activity, but avant-grid officials say members of the crew are testing all the equipment at the electric substation. Another large ship is off to the left, working on cable joints on the ocean floor. And there are six foundations for the wind turbines dug into the ocean floor, with only their tops visible above the surface of the water. Each one of the foundations is a mile from the next one, which amazed Senator Michael Barrett of Lexington, the Senate's leading energy expert. The sheer scale of it blows you away. This makes the big dig look like a trench. Uh, it's, a, it's an extraordinary experience to see how carefully positioned each one. There are going to be 62 of these, each of them a mile apart from one another. The sheer math of that configuration is hard to conjure with. This is a mammoth, mammoth human undertaking. And the scale of it uh, is almost What's even more amazing to think about is the fact that Vineyard Wind 1 is expected to be the first of many offshore wind farms in the area. Avangrid handed out maps on the boat ride showing wind farms advancing like waves moving east to west, south of Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard, and all the way over to Rhode Island. So Vineyard Wind 1 is only a preview of what might be called coming attractions. Sai Oiten is the chief operating officer for offshore wind at Avangrid. Oiten is an engineer from Istanbul who has spent much of his adult life traveling the world working on offshore and onshore wind farms. He thinks the wind and the relatively shallow ocean depths in this area will make for excellent wind farms, rivaling those in the North Sea. Oitan, his wife, and his two children emigrated to the U.S. in 2016, and he picked up graduate degrees at Clemson and Yale. The wind turbines being installed by his company at Vineyard Wind One are being produced by General Electric. They are among the largest in the world, and they are also new to the market. It was disappointing not to see the wind turbine blades spinning in the wind on our visit, but Oitan did his best to create an image of them.
There's a pilot unit in Europe. It has been running the last two years or so. And uh, the first project uh, GE has installed is in the UK. Uh, it is much bigger than Gigabit. It's in the gigawatts. They're installing those wind turbines right now. The second project will be uh, Vineyard Bit. And uh, the, there are also other projects in the US uh, coming after us as well. And each turbine is, what's the size of this one? Yeah, each of them are 13 megawatts rated capacity. And uh, these are the largest in the world. Right now, it will be the largest uh, operational. There are some, uh, you know, uh, large wind turbines in China. They just announced a 16 megawatt wind turbine. But in the whole Western world, these will be the largest commercially operational wind turbines. They, they will be, the nacelles will be standing on uh, about like 100 meters uh, height of the towers. And they so uh, it's each hundred meters to get up above the water. Yeah. Above the sea level, you put the nacelle, and each of these, uh, you know, blades uh, are 107 meters length. So from the uh, tip to the other tip of the blade, we call it the rotor diameter. It's 220 meters, and when you uh, measure it from the sea level to the tip of the wind uh, turbine, the blade, it is, I think, 853 feet. feet. Okay. feet. okay. So most of the measurements are done by, the, you know, the SI or the uh, meters uh, in, in offshore wind. But I know 853 meters, it is bigger than the Statue of Liberty, Eiffel Tower, and it's very close to Empire State Building. The wind wreaked havoc on many of my interviews. What can I say? I'm a print journalist. Representative Patricia Haddad of Somerset, who many credit with steering the state in the direction of offshore wind, was eloquent as usual, despite suffering from seasickness. Jim Smith, one of the state's leading lobbyists and an expert on offshore wind, said he marveled at how Massachusetts is returning to windmills, an ancient technology, to power the economy and address climate change. Salem Mayor Dominic Pangallo was out on the boat to learn about the potential of offshore wind, which could become a major contributor to his city's economy. There is a lot to take in. Topping the list, this is a $4 billion project, and about a quarter of the money has gone for the electric substation and the transmission line ashore. The wind turbines, many already waiting at the offshore wind terminal in New Bedford, will start making their way out to the wind farm area this coming week. Once work revs into high gear, it's possible to put up one turbine a day. Some electricity will start being generated in October, but the full wind farm won't be up and running for another year. Once fully operational, the wind farm is expected to operate at 50% of its capacity because the wind doesn't blow that much or that hard all the time. Even so, the wind farm is expected to generate enough electricity to power 400,000 homes. Out on the water, our boat is bobbing in the waves so much that it's hard to walk without hanging on to something. A TV cameraman is braced on both sides by two people who attempt to help him get a shot of someone being interviewed. 
It's not easy for us landlubbers. But Jeff Roy, a state threat from Franklin, who is one of the biggest champions of wind energy on Beacon Hill, can hardly contain himself. I always like to use the analogy of the Hoover Dam as to what government really does well in taking these massive projects that no one company or individual can do and bringing states together and bringing uh, companies together in a public-private partnership to build something that makes a difference in the world. And this, to me, is our generation's Hoover Dam that we're looking at today. Are you surprised at the scale, or you've seen wind farms before? I've seen wind farms in, in Denmark, and so I, I'm used to what I'm seeing out here, but to see it in the shores of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is just uh, really deeply touching my heart. Uh, this is something we've thought about for years. This is something we've been planning for, and it's like a dream come true to see it here live and in front of so many folks. That will do it for this special episode of the Codcast at Sea. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.